Welcome to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Good to be with all of our listeners today. We're so thankful that you're there, and we're so thankful that we have the opportunity to be here with you. And open up God's Word and read a little bit more, study a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more, and grow in our faith. Because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So as we're together each day, Monday through Friday, studying through God's Word, our faith should naturally grow stronger and stay strong. We want to encourage you to tell everybody you can to listen to the program as well. We're on several times a day, and it can help them turn their life around. It can help them come closer to God. It may even help them get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. Now, also tell everybody you can to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Now, it's free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. We never ask for donations on our program. We never will. That's not what we're about. We want to help as many people as we can, again, get to heaven. Now, when somebody signs up for a podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their phone or computer or whatever device they choose, they will receive our program Monday through Friday, search the scriptures automatically to their smart device. They'll also receive a great deal more Bible teaching and instruction and study. They'll receive a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, and all of our sermons, and a really what I consider to be a jewel, seven days a week, a short Bible study that we call today's Bible class, only about 13 minutes each day. Now, we know that many people have busy schedules. They can't listen all the time at the prescribed times that the program is aired over the radio, but if they receive it on our podcast to their smart device, they can download it and listen to it anytime that they have the opportunity. And 13 minutes a day, my, my, we can fit 13 minutes a day into our busy schedules just about every day, can't we? Maybe driving to work, driving home from work, doing some chores around the house, 13 minutes, yeah, we can almost always fit that in. It gets, keeps us in God's Word and thereby, again, helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith. So tell everybody you can. If you're in the Omaha area, please come and check us out. Study God's Word with us. Worship God with us. Grow spiritually with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our Bible classes begin 930 again at, uh, on Sunday mornings at 930, followed by worship at 1030. Our Sunday evening worship and Bible study begins at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening. And on Wednesday evenings, midweek Bible classes begin every Wednesday evening at 6.30. You're welcome to any and all of our services. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street. 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. We hope to see you soon. We're going to get back into our study talking about the Big Bang and the law of cause and effect, and how that law, scientific, universally accepted law of cause and effect, points to God. In fact, we might say the law of cause and effect equals God. Now, bottom line, either God exists or he does not exist. Either he is the creator or he is not. There's no middle ground. There's no in-between. 
there are many who are basically atheists in the science community, and I'm not, I'm not trying to denigrate science. So, Christians have no fear of science. Science is by God's design. But there are many in the science community who have, for whatever reason, whatever has led them to this, they have rather, and we might even say in a lot of cases, rather arrogantly denied belief in God. They don't believe God exists. Well, so if you don't believe God exists, how do you explain, based on the scientific law of cause and effect, for every effect or whatever it is that, that happens, there has to be a greater cause. The cause brings about the effect. We see this world around us in which we live. We see life therein. We see the universe with all of its magnificence. All of that is there. Without God as the cause to bring the effect of everything we see around us into existence, how do you explain its existence? Well, the science community that disbelieves in God, I'm, again, I'm not talking about everybody, everybody who would be labeled or identified as a scientist of one stripe or another. Many believe in God. Many believe that God is the creator. But there are also many, and they seem to be the ones who are the movers and shakers to a great extent as to how the world and how life on this earth and how the universe came into existence there are a great many of them who have openly denied and, and are adamant in their denial of belief in God as the creator or belief in God as to his existence at all. Okay, so how did everything come into being? Silence? Well, some have grasped what they call the Big Bang Theory. And they would probably kind of, you know, say it's not really a theory. It, it, it's really the way it happened. Must be. Well, you see, you have to, if you take God out of the picture, you have to explain the existence of the universe, this world, life thereon, some way. How did it happen? Where did it come from? Well, the Big Bang Theory says that about 13.7 billion years ago, our universe sprang into existence as a singularity. And what's a singularity? Um, they don't really know. And they'll be open about that and admitting that. This is really from their writings. What is a singularity? Where did it come from? They don't know. They have called it that because it's something that's in their mind that they, they have decided the universe must have come from, well, the universe had to come from something. And, and again, discoveries in astronomy and physics have shown beyond any reasonable doubt that our universe did, in fact, have a beginning. It started at some point. It started by some cause. Now, prior to that moment, they say, there was nothing. Did you get that? There was nothing. But then all of a sudden, during and after that moment, there was something. What was that something? Our universe. Where did it come from? Don't really know. So 
they have imagined, and I, I think that's a, a proper term, imagined, they would say theorized. Their hypothesis is that there was all of a sudden a tiny lump of matter sprang into existence. A tiny lump of matter sprang into existence. They would say that tiny lump of matter was infinitesimally small. Now, in other words, you couldn't see it with your naked eye. In fact, you'd probably have, a, have to have a pretty powerful microscope if you could even see it then. And, and it was not there a moment ago. And then all of a sudden it was there. Where'd it come from? They don't know. They'll tell you they don't know. How did it come to be? They don't know. They'll tell you they don't know. And then why did it do what they say it did? They don't know. Now, what they say it did was it basically kind of exploded and expanded, and everything we see around us in the universe came from that tiny, little, infinitesimally small, immensely dense and infinitely hot little ball of matter that was not there a moment before, and then all of a sudden, it sprang into existence out of nothing, and then exploded and expanded. And so all of the planets, all of the stars, all of the moons, everything we see in the universe came from that little tiny ball of matter that you could not even see with your naked eye. Hmm. How do you prove that? Cannot do that. Again, they don't know what it really was. They call it a singularity, but that's just a name they attach to it because they didn't know what else to call it. Where did it come from? They don't know. Why did it do what they say it must have done? They don't know. It is impossible to prove, to verify on an experimental basis. And that's what science really is. Science is the ability to prove or disprove something by means of experimentation. You can't prove or disprove that because they don't even know what it was. They don't know where it came from, how it came into existence. There was nothing, and then there was something. And then that something, you know, infinitesimally small, couldn't see it with the naked eye. All of a sudden, it, what, exploded, expanded, and became everything that we see in the universe around us with all of its immensity. That makes absolutely no sense whatsoever from a scientific perspective. That is science fiction. Now, the, laws of, the law of cause and effect, which is a universally accepted scientific law within the whole scientific community, says for every effect, whatever there is, there has to be a cause. The effect came from something, from some cause. Now, again, if you take God out of the picture, then you have to come up with something. And so the Big Bang is what many of the science, many of the, the atheistic science uh, in, individuals within that scientific community, what they've come up with. Absolutely absurd, makes no scientific sense whatsoever. But you see, if you're determined to not believe in God as the cause, as the creator, if you're determined to not recognize God as the creator, then you have to come up with something. Because supposedly, you're a scientist. 
But if you're an outright atheist and you will not allow yourself to believe in God, you have to figure out some way to explain the existence of the universe and the existence of life on this earth. What a fanciful, unscientific, absurd theory is the Big Bang. And yet it is taught to a great many of our school children and high school children and college students as basically fact. Cause and effect. Where did that infinitesimally small lump of matter come from? They don't know. Can't explain it. There has to be a cause. Had to come from somewhere. Had to come from something. We know, again, scientifically, we know it is a law of science. Science. Something does not come from nothing. The law of cause and effect. There has to be a cause to bring about the effect. We've talked about you go outside, you look up in the treetops, you see the leaves rustling in the treetops. They don't do that on their own. What, how, what, what caused that? The wind? The wind was the greater cause that brought about, about the effect of the leaves rustling in the treetops. You step outside on an August day, it's probably going to be pretty warm. Why? Because of the sun. That's the cause. The effect is warmth on this earth, the surface of the earth. Well, we understand that. We can give all kinds of examples of a cause having to be necessary to bring about a given effect. It's a natural, again, it's, the, it's a universally recognized and accepted law of science. But when you remove God from the picture and you say, God, God can't, can't have been the creator. There's, there is no God. Now you've got a real problem explaining the effect, which is the universe, this world, all life thereon. Where's the cause? popped into existence out of nothing, that makes absolutely no sense, scientifically or otherwise, except for a prejudiced mind that is simply devoted to not believe in the possibility of a divine creator, God. God is the only logical explanation as the cause. And so we've looked at, we've read through Genesis chapter 1, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, there was no time before that. God, eternal, the power, the creator. What did he create? The heavens and the earth. And then we look through the first chapter of Genesis, verse by verse, through almost the entire chapter, and we see how God, in an orderly fashion, laid everything out, designed everything that we see in this world, including every life form and throughout the universe. Cause, God, the effect, everything we see around us. Now, it's not just Genesis chapter 1, obviously, but we read, and the Bible is very open, very direct, straightforward, does not pull any punches, is not embarrassed or ashamed to declare the truth that God is the cause 
the Creator. In Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 5, we read this, Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. Very open declaration. No beating around the bushes, no pulling any punches, no insinuations, direct, open, straightforward statements. The 44th chapter of Isaiah, verse 24, notice again, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself. God, the cause, the creation, including this world and all life thereon, the effect. John chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Verse 14 identifies the Word as being God the Son, Jesus Christ. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then Acts chapter 14, Acts chapter 14, and let's look there at verse 15. And here we see superstition being played out as the Apostle Paul and Barnabas were on one of their missionary journeys, teaching the gospel and helping start a new congregation, leading people to Christ. Now, these people to whom they were teaching were idol worshipers. They were superstitious. And so while Paul was teaching, he saw a man who had been born lame. He had been lame all of his life. And God, through Paul, healed that man. When the people saw it, they became so impressed that they thought, the gods must have come down. Well, again, they were idol worshipers. So they thought, they thought that, that uh, Barnabas was Zeus and Paul was, was Mercury, according to Greek mythology, because Paul was the uh, spokesman. And, and so they began to worship Barnabas and Saul, or Paul. Well, Barnabas and Paul stopped them from doing that. In verse 15, well, go back to verse 14. When the apostles Barnabas and Saul heard this, they tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude, crying out and saying, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you. In other words, they're saying, we're not gods. We're not God. We're men just like you. And preach to you that you should turn from these useless, useless things and stop worshiping mythological beings. Stop worshiping idols. And stop, you know, turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all things that are in them. We look also at Acts chapter 17 and verse 24. And here we read similarly. Again, very open and 
declarative statements as to God being the creator. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. And of course not. God is spirit, not flesh. We look also at Colossians chapter 1 and beginning with verse 15. And here the text reads similarly. For by him, that is by God the Son, Christ, by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Now, some people would say, and many of those who would say they don't believe in God, they believe in the Big Bang, they believe that something came from nothing, which is scientifically absurd, science fiction, if you would, they would say, well, that, that just says that. Why do you believe that? Well, again, the Hebrews, the Bible is not only open and declarative and straightforward and unashamed, unafraid to identify God as the creator because he is, but it also gives the definition of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews 11 and verse 1. We can see the evidence of God as God all around us. Again, something had to come from something. The law of cause and effect, a scientific, a scientific law universally accepted. There had to be a greater cause for the effect. The earth, all life thereon, the universe, there had to be a cause. God is that cause. God is the only logical understanding as to why we exist why the universe exists. When you try to take God out of the picture, you're at a loss, a complete loss, because there is no explanation that makes any sense, logically or scientifically. Without God, there is no rational cause to affect life on this earth, the existence of the universe, or anything else that we see around us. But when we understand the reality of God being all-powerful, then we understand he is the cause, the only explanation for the effect, which is everything we see, including the universe as a whole. We'll go a little bit further next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for being patient with us, to come to our senses, help us to recognize that you are the creator, and there is no other, and there is no other rational, logical explanation for what we see around us, for life on this earth, other than you being the cause, and all of this being the effect of your power to create all things. We give you the praise, the glory, the honor, and the thanks, Father. Help us to open our eyes and our hearts to see and believe and give you the glory thereby. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay.